Let's pray. Heavenly Father, pour out your Holy Spirit upon us as we gather today in your presence. Fill us, Lord, as we seek to live receptive lives, continually being filled with everything that you have for us. We ask that you would strengthen and equip us today for spirit-filled service and ministry wherever you send us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Today we celebrate Pentecost and the amazing picture of the church bursting forth into action in Jerusalem. I don't know what you think about when you think of Pentecost. What do you think of, Frank? What a great movie it would make. Good thing. When many people think Pentecost, they think Holy Spirit rightly, but they also think spontaneous. They think spur of the moment. They think unplanned or unforeseen things happening. Well, maybe, and that is true sometimes, but the readings today show just how intricately God planned this event. Did you hear that in the readings? God is a planner. We see God's planning in action as Jesus speaks with his disciples in the Gospel and where where Peter shares his message with the people in Acts. Both Jesus and Peter use this very rich Old Testament imagery and context to set the scene for what's happening at Pentecost. God is an orderly and intricate planner. He's interested in the details. In the Gospel, Jesus says, Peace be with you. As the Father is sending me, even so I'm sending you. And then he breathes on his disciples, giving them the Holy Spirit and commanding them to bind and loose sins or to forgive or to withhold forgiveness of sins. And by doing this, Jesus is enacting an 8th century prophet, some seven to 800 years before Christ, uh, the prophet Isaiah, chapter 61, verse 1, The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He's not talking about financially poor, but poor in spirit. People who recognise, like you and I do, that we have a need for the gifts of God in our lives every single day. We need him every moment. Isaiah goes on to say, He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners. Now Jesus, as you may remember, fulfilled this scripture at Nazareth when he began his ministry, but he also does it today, Pentecost Sunday, when he does some succession planning with the twelve, filling them with the Holy Spirit and empowering them to carry on this ministry in his place. And meanwhile in Acts, we find ourselves in Jerusalem where there are Jews everywhere from a host of different nations. They're there for a big festival that they called the Feast of Weeks. This was a holy day for the people. Now this feast was also known as Pentecost because it happened 50 days after the first week of Passover. Okay, so that's the context. And it's then that the powerful Spirit of God bursts onto the scene and there are fiery tongues and people speaking in foreign languages. It's here that Peter stands up and boldly addresses the people and preaches from the Old Testament book of Joel. He quotes the Lord speaking through Joel some 500 years earlier saying that in the last days it shall be, God declares, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. 
And then he goes on, as we heard before, and he finishes with this, and it shall come to pass that everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. There is a continuity happening here. There is a fulfilment and a continuation of the biblical story. We, you, me and everyone here, we are a part of God's big story of the Old and New Testaments. And we live and we minister and we serve in those last days that the Lord spoke of through the prophet Joel. There is a continuity and excitement building in God's story that is also present in our story as we gather here today. Pentecost, my friends, is exciting. Not because of people speaking in foreign languages, but because people who have never heard the Spirit-filled Gospel get to hear it in their own language. So many people only see the tongues or the visible manifestation of fire and they miss the key focus. And that is what God is doing for people. In those uh, baptismal uh, frames this morning that uh, Emmanuel and uh, all the uh, people there received, before we put the baptismal certificates in there were these, which we pulled out. It says, Certificate of Excellence. It caught my attention. This certifies that blank in recognition of outstanding achievement for. And I thought, wow, that's, this belongs not to anyone sitting over there who have been baptised this morning. This belongs to God, doesn't it? This belongs to God. Certificate of excellence, this certifies that God in Jesus Christ in the power of the Holy Spirit in recognition of outstanding achievement of forgiving, washing, cleansing, justifying, making holy, renewing all of these seven people who came for holy baptism today. This belongs to God. You get to hold on to the certificate. That's your gift. But the glory and honour belongs to God today for what he has done. And we can lose that focus by only focusing on the fire and on the tongues. Other people lose focus by thinking we have to transplant the events of Pentecost Day in Jerusalem and try and replicate it here. As if there's a formula, some uh, ten things maybe that we can follow that will blow the church doors open with the Holy Spirit. They think if we pray hard enough, if we have enough faith, then maybe the church won't die and there will be renewal. Well, as it happens today, I hope when you came in, we're issuing a call to prayer here in Cairns and in the uh, Atherton Tablelands. So please pray for renewal and that human hearts pray that hearts would not resist the power of the Holy Spirit. If you didn't receive one, they're, they're down the back when you leave. Also remember Jesus' words to Peter when he made this massive confession to Jesus. He said, you are the Christ the Son of the living God. And Jesus responded to him saying, even his words, even that confession that he confessed to Jesus were received. They weren't his own words, he received them from the Father. Jesus also said, upon this rock, this confession that you are the Christ, the Son of the living God, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not, will not prevail against it. So who builds his church? Jesus Christ does. 
through the power of the Holy Spirit poured out at Pentecost. He uses means though and that includes each one of you here today. The key focus of Pentecost is that people from all over get to hear about the mighty acts of God, to have their lives transformed by the message and then take that word and spread it to every corner of the globe, to every nation, every people group, every skin colour, every social class, every industry or profession or college or TAFE or university. There is no place that the Holy Spirit cannot penetrate and change lives. It's just how God set things up and it's how God continues to transform your life and the ministry that you're involved in. Today's quite amazing too in that Acts 2 reading, we even get a peek, we get just a small peek into the mindset of the people who heard those spirit-filled words that were spoken as the tongues of fire separated and sat over people's heads. What did they hear? Well, We hear uh, the people testifying, we hear them telling in our own tongues the mighty acts of God. If you're ever curious about the purpose and the nature of the gift of praying in tongues, then here it is for you. The purpose and and, uh, what happens when you pray in tongues is that that tongue empowered by the Holy Spirit testifies not to your glory, not to how good you are, but it testifies to the mighty acts of God. It glorifies God. That's what the gift of tongues is about. But I wonder which mighty acts were these people hearing about in Acts chapter 2? Was it the creation story? Was it the crossing of the Red Sea which opened up and divided so people could pass through and be saved? Was it the thick cloud of a trembling Mount Sinai and the giving of the law engraved by the finger of God into tablets of stone? Was it pillars of cloud by day and fire by night lighting the way for the people of God? Was it defeating enemies when everything just seemed hopeless and yet God's people prevailed? Was it about the mystery of God, God, Father, Son, Holy Spirit was is, is the mystery about God taking on human flesh and a virgin giving birth. What we know, what we know is that those tongues testify to the mighty acts of God and one thing we can be absolutely sure of is that they heard the message of Jesus and the cross, the mightiest act of God for the world, for your life and for my life and for the lives of everyone out here, even those who do not know the saving power of the cross in their lives. And Peter does exactly that one verse after where Martin stopped reading. He was supposed to stop there. But Peter does that. In verse 22 he says, Men of Israel, listen to this. Jesus of Nazareth was a man accredited by God to you by miracles, wonders and signs, we might call them mighty acts, which God did among you through him as you yourselves know. This man was handed over to you by God's set purpose and foreknowledge because God is an intricate planner and he knows what's going to happen and you, with the help of wicked men, put him to death by nailing him to a cross. But God raised him from the dead, freeing him from the agony of death 
because it was impossible for death to keep its hold on him. It was impossible for death to keep its hold on him. Straight out of this amazing scene with fire and miraculous visions and Peter points everyone straight away to Jesus and his work on the cross, the mightiest act of God. God had a plan for Pentecost and he has a plan to keep pouring out his Holy Spirit into your life today and into the lives of all those people sitting beside and around you and he also has a plan to reach beyond the walls of this building. But I wonder what you think. Do you see any mighty works and wonders and signs today? Do you see God pouring out his spirit on you and the people here? What did you see today when Emmanuel, Josephine, Anne, Mercy, Justin, Natasha and Teresa were baptised into God's family? Was that God performing miraculous things in our midst? Absolutely it was. I didn't even know I was baptising Teresa until this morning. That's a mighty act of God and the blowing of the Holy Spirit if I ever saw it. A wonderful surprise. Wonderful. We saw with our own eyes the curse of the fall, the power of death and dark spiritual forces defeated as Jesus claimed them as his own. As God marked them with the sign of the cross and anointed them as members of his royal priesthood, he poured into their lives his forgiveness, his cleansing, his resurrection life and his powerful Holy Spirit that filled the room in Jerusalem on Pentecost Day. That's what these people received today. You are witnesses today of the mighty acts of God in God's good time, in the place God determined and with the gifts that God brought along with him. Today when these people were baptised, lives were joined and united to Jesus and they didn't bring that about themselves. It was a miracle and gift of the Holy Spirit. Through it they were joined to Jesus' death and resurrection on the cross just as you were at your baptism. And you and I continue to be filled with the Holy Spirit through God's read and proclaimed word and when we come and we eat a wafer of bread and we get a mouthful of red wine. Worship is the place that you're filled at the Lord's table when people read and preach to us when we open our Bible at home with our kids or our friends, when we gather together in small groups, every time we pray the words of the Scriptures, the words of God, we being filled with the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God that points us to Jesus and the Spirit-filled life and ministry that we have all received in Him. And we get to put our spiritual gifts into action. We get to point to the mighty acts of God. We get to serve him and yes, each one of you, you heard the reading from Corinthians, you have all received spiritual gifts that you may edify and build up the church and participate in the life of God in this place. And that doesn't happen in your power. It doesn't happen in your authority. You are empowered by the Holy Spirit and you are authorised by Jesus Christ himself who has given you the gift. So yes, God is still in the business of doing mighty works and wonders and signs in your lives. And I want to point out the elephant in the room today that we often miss in worship. 
Remember those words from Luke's Gospel, in the same way I tell you, there is rejoicing in the presence of angels, there is rejoicing in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. There is rejoicing because this is a mighty work of God. Repentance and faith are miracles of the Holy Spirit. They are miracles flowing from Pentecost as the Holy Spirit goes to work on us and in us. And it clearly means today that there is a lot of rejoicing in the presence of angels everywhere around the presence of God. Firstly, on account of Emmanuel, on account of Josephine, on account of Anne and Mercy and Natasha and Justin and Teresa. There is rejoicing in the presence of angels today over what happened in their lives today. Why else do you think there might be rejoicing in the presence of angels? Is it a tough one? Let me ask you a question and I'll close my eyes because it's Pentecost. Would all the sinners in the house please raise their hands? I'm one. I'm not even going to look. We all are. We're all both sinners and saints in God's eyes. And today when we prayed together our prayer of confession, did you repent of your sins? Did you enact exactly what the Bible says causes rejoicing in the presence of angels? Mighty act of God taking place. And if you didn't repent, then a much sadder reality is at play. Because as Jesus says in the Gospel, your sins are retained. But for all of those who confessed and repented, a mighty act of God took place in your life during that prayer. Because we confess and repent in this church because we know the Holy Spirit is at work doing amazing things in our lives as we enact, as we put legs on God's Spirit-filled words. So today rejoicing in the presence of angels over one sinner who repents. We are many. The fact that we are here today, the fact that we declare that Jesus Christ is Lord is a mighty work and wonder of the Holy Spirit, friends. It really is. And it doesn't end there. We go out from this place as Christ bearers, as people filled with the Holy Spirit and as people with mighty things to share, to share with our colleagues, our friends, our family, between husbands and wives, and with that one person who asked you, what did you do on the long weekend? You can say with integrity, I witnessed a mighty act of God. That's what I did on the long weekend. Do you have the courage to say that? All this happens in accordance with God's plan, in the place that God sets apart and on account of God's gift of the Holy Spirit. The church is in good hands because it's held in the palm of God's mighty right hand and not our hands. The church is not dying as some people keep on saying, but if I went to a church and I heard that all the time, I'd probably go somewhere else, if I'm honest. Please don't ever say that. The church is alive. We've got work to do in the power of the Holy Spirit, but the church isn't dying. The world is dying. The church is not dying. The world is dying. In the church, people are being filled with the Spirit, encountering Jesus in the Scriptures and at His table. The Holy Spirit is at work in courageous people's lives, like yourself, 
when we share the mighty works of God where God has placed us in our families and beyond the the walls of this place and where Jesus is present among his people like he is with us today, God is present with us today and you will not find death there. What you will find is spirit-filled life. So I want to finish with a few questions. Where do you see yourself in this bold picture of spirit-filled ministry today? Where do you see yourself in that? Is there room for repentance and faith in your life or do you find yourself resisting God and his Holy Spirit? Are you pessimistic about the future of the church or do you believe God is able to follow through on his plans and build his church? And are you open to God using and empowering you to declare his mighty acts this week? The Holy Spirit is at work in your life because God has a plan for the church and that plan includes every single one of you. How are you going to respond? In Jesus' name, Amen. And the peace of God, which surpasses all human understanding, Keep your hearts and your minds safe in Christ Jesus our Lord and our Saviour. Amen.